1: this is a week for quality food and beverages i don't like beans in my chili that's a fair debate because the original chili did not have beans what do you mean the you were there when they created the (laughs) original chili on the old west yep expensive commercials and stupid questions from reporters covering their first sporting event
0: is your mom picking you up after the super bowl
1: this is a super week edition of dirt and spray
0: brought to
2: you by george mccoy at warren allen attorneys at law injured don't trust just anyone to something so personal call george McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com.
1: Dirt and spray on 1080. I'm here so I won't get found. The Fan.
0: Hey, let's do this final hour. Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080. The Fan. 99.5 HD2, the Odyssey app. If your Wednesday mornings are going great. We're having an awesome time debating the goat. Who's the goat? Who's the goat? We're not. We're not doing that. Who's the goat? Who's the goat? Not doing that. Full final hour. Who's the goat? I. I, you know, I have an appreciation for a lot of NBA players and I don't want to be unfair to the past and I don't think it's even fair to the future because you do that and you basically take away the ability for any player in the future to have uh, an argument or a conversation with that. I do appreciate our listeners, though, even though we may differ on some of this stuff that we're discussing. I The random tweets that we get from time to time, I just kind of chuckle. Mm-hmm. And we just got one uh I just got one from one of ours, and it's uh, GP2. Only follows porn stars on Twitter. How about that? Good for you, GP2. NBA Alerts tweeted out. (laughs) You fly your freak flag, all right? You get do whatever you want to do, GP2. There's no kink shaming here. No kink shaming whatsoever. Um, it is fun. The goat stuff just cracks me up, man. You can cherry pick any stat you want, anything you want. It, we all have things that will back up our different arguments. They're all great. Enjoy it. I man. love them all for different reasons. I love them all, man. I, Michael Jordan Michael is my great. background on my computer. LeBron's one of my. You're literally wearing a Michael Jordan sweatshirt right now. Yeah, like <laughs> Air Jordan sweatshirt. I, why can't I like Giannis and You Mike can't. And How dare you? LeBron and Tim, I like Timmy Duncan. No. I love me some Timmy in, not allowed to let's get to the other big news yesterday if you consider it that uh and that was you know we've been kind of joking sometimes on the air sometimes off the air like hey remember that Pac-12 TV deal that was supposed to come in the new year yeah it's February mm-hmm. and uh, still nothing still nothing on that we're still waiting so that means we're definitely gonna make a ton of money. It's when you don't great. get a new deal at the start of the new year when you it's say your great. new deal's coming. It's gonna be great.
1: Yeah. Things yeah. are going great. The offers are so overwhelming. We just can't, can't comprehend I just it. wanna He's gotta, I just
0: wanna <laughs> throw out
1: if this was
0: Larry Scott in the same situation. Oh, we'd be burning it down. People would be losing their collective S. And I get why it's different, but I just wanna note we're almost we're about two and a half months just about, and uh, <laughs> we're not close. We're not close right now. We don't appear to be close. Well, Brett McMurphy had a report yesterday that might indicate why there's been a bit of a delay as we're waiting to figure some of this stuff out. And uh, that was, Brett McMurphy reported, that George Klyavkov is down in Dallas this morning. He's there today as we speak, and he's meeting with officials from SMU. San Diego State and SMU, according to Brett McMurphy, are the top two Pac-12 expansion candidates. And Pac-12, according to McMurphy, needs more members and more inventory for their new media rights deal, which is expected to rely heavily on digital streaming services. So, if you're wondering where we're at, that's where we're at, folks. We're uh, trying to convince SMU and apparently San Diego State, which that was supposed to be a done deal like two months ago, and it never happened. Maybe it ends up happening. uh, But that looks like our lot in life. Does San Diego State or SMU do anything for you? There you go. All right. Next topic. Uh, The last five years, San Diego State has multiple 10-win seasons. Can we stop pretending? Uh, Look, let's SMU just, uh, has sucked for a long time. Let's say this. Actually, no, that's not true. No, they they won ten games season. with Sonny Dykes in twenty nineteen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, They we were seven and that. five last year. Let's let's just be. Let's call this what it is.
1: This is an absolute money grab situation yes, they need to they need to have their tv footprint yep. in certain places they need a bigger yeah they're going to lose the socal need,
0: market so they bring back yep. the
1: socal market for a and very, you're right you need an inventory of games when it comes to yes, basketball yep. and
0: you dive into the midwest a little bit so now you can maybe start poaching other teams if you get to that position yeah. I, this I think is about coaches
1: coaches will like being in texas 100 percent i i, I You know, coaches. It's not that it's. It's not that it's the worst. Yeah, but there's something having kids that could go play a game at home. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. If you're trying
0: to convince a kid, like, hey, leave Texas, come to our. You can go play in Dallas. I don't think think it hurts
1: you, but it's not. uh, No, nothing. uh, Nothing changes. This is just a
0: money grab to me, and I have I have no care at all about SMU and San Diego State. I largely think they're going to get their asses handed to them when they actually get into the conference for the first few years. Yes, they will. But, but. I'll be fair to future Brandon. Take care of yourself in the future. <laughs> I could see a scenario where in like five years, uh, San Diego State is good or SMU is good. And we're talking about how like great it is to have them in the conference. And oh, you know, uh, so-and-so, they, they've lost their last three against SMU. Uh, you know, SMU coming here. I I could see a scenario where I start to like it because I'm just used to it. But it does right now, it does absolutely nothing for me. And I think in this moment, I think it makes you look small potatoes and it's desperation. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. It's exactly what the Big 12 had to do. They just got to act before we got to act because Oklahoma and Texas left the year before, so they were able to go get Cincinnati and BYU. They got better programs, though. The BYU, Cincinnati are better than San Diego State and SMU. I'll I'll agree with that, sure. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with coaching. Like, Will Cincinnati be the same thing now that they've lost Luke Fickle? Are they going to be the same program? They could miss on that hire and go back to being... Cincinnati of old not Brian Kelly Cincinnati but yeah. I, that's a program program that has been very reliant on a on a head coach BYU's been solid but let's not act like BYU's been an elite team they had a COVID year where they played nobody and they went they got hey, a natty everybody loved Zach Wilson well Natty's back then don't count because he didn't actually play a national championship game but I digress pretty bitter duck fan right there um, and to your point of them struggling when they come to the conference like they 100% will I've seen yeah. a lot of those San Diego State jokes and they have beaten a handful of teams from the Pac-12 including one of our newer members in Utah like it's important to remind. People people like Utah in their last three seasons in the Mountain West won 13 games, 10 games, and 10 games. They had a undefeated 13-0 season in there in which they beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Their first five seasons, or uh, let's see, four seasons in the Pac-12, they won eight games, five games, five games, and then finally yeah. hit nine in 2014 in year four. They didn't win double-digit games until 2015, and they did not play for a Pac-12 championship, I believe, until 2018. It took them almost a decade yeah. of being in the conference. So it will take time. There's a drastic difference between playing – of nine-games Power 5 schedule, and I know there's some weak links yeah. in the conference right now, but an entire conference schedule where you have to play at Oregon or at Washington or on the road at Oregon State, Washington State. It's not a one-off against Cal or a one-off against WSU or a one-off against Arizona State. You're playing an entire slate. So the, the programs will struggle when and they I get think here. The
1: biggest thing with San Diego State is over the last few years, they have been dumping serious investment into facilities and their program. They started gearing up for this potential, whether it was the Pac-12 or the Big 12, I think the last after the last expansion went around. So I think San Diego State has a potential to be more relevant sooner. Certainly their basketball program yep. will be relevant fairly quickly. Uh, it might take SME longer.
0: Well, we get to claim great athletes now, like Kawhi Leonard's an all-time great Pac-12 Yeah, player. I'm going to say we marched <laughs> in Marshall, Marching, Marshall Falk and Eric Dickerson out there at the press conference. Hell Let's yeah, roll brother. those boys in. I, I, look, I, I do think it's natural. Whittingham's told us this. Uh, like He told us this either at Pac-12 Media Day or a different interview, but we talked about the ability to build the program up to compete in the Pac-12, and he acknowledged, because it's one thing to be Boise State. The, oh, the big dogs are coming here. Let's get up for this game And win that and be like, well, Boise State should be... Yeah, it's another to play the schedule. It's a different animal. And they're going to have a natural transition phase where if they get the right coach, it'll be a few seasons and then they'll be on par with most of the Pac-12 teams. But I got to admit, Kind of excited at the idea of maybe going to a game in San Diego. They just built a new football stadium. And their basketball team. Is it called Snapdragon Stadium? Snapdragon. Their basketball team's had some good years. I know when Steve Fisher was there, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know who their coach is now, but, like, they've had some good basketball seasons. So, again, I think in three, four, four, five years, you and I are probably going to go, yeah, you know, they're, they're nice to have. Somebody texted in, I didn't care about Utah or Colorado before they joined the conference. I didn't care about Colorado. Utah, I thought, was a was a pretty good deal for the conference. But I also felt differently about con- – I wasn't thinking as much about conference expansion, realignment, mm-hmm. money figures as I do now. Uh, but, yeah, right now it's it feels small potatoes and a move reeking of a commissioner who does not have the money he thought he was going to get. No. And so that's a way to hit that. Let's get SoCal back in our mar- – let's get that market back in our arsenal and let's hit – the Dallas market, because those are good things to have. Yeah, listener texting in, you know, what about Boise State? Wouldn't they be a better option? And the answer is no. It doesn't matter about success necessarily on the field. It's more so about what you guys are highlighting, and that is This is a move for two reasons. It's one, you want to be able to recruit in certain parts of the country. Southern California is a primary source of recruiting for the Pac-12, and so is the state of Texas. So you have to tap into both of those pipelines. This, This does that. And the other thing is, it's about TV markets, right? Like, Boise State is not a great TV market, and... It just—it's not a great recruiting ground. It's just—it's not a major TV market. Dallas is, so you're bringing in eyeballs in Texas to watch Pac-12 football, and you need to get the Southern California market back. And so it's all about TV markets. It's all about recruiting. That's why you make these kind of moves. It helps that San Diego State's been relevant in basketball and football, makes it a little bit easier. SMU, not quite as much. They've been down for a long time, outside of a year or two here or there where they popped a little bit. But that's why you're making this move. It's not about who's the best fo- fit in football. It's about who gets us the most eyeballs, who brings in the most money, and. What what programs and what markets do TV providers want to be in because they're clearly trying to get more money out of their next TV deal? So is Hopefully. this the week that San Diego State joins the conference like the national radio host promised, or are we still waiting on that week? I think we're here? still waiting on that week. Okay, still waiting on that week. I hope it's sooner than later though. It'd be nice are, to know what the TV deal is and where the conference is going. Are you getting more concerned about that as we go on? Because I am. Yeah, yeah. The longer the we go without deal? an announcement, for sure, it's not a not a good sign right now. But that came from uh, Brett McMurphy yesterday. B uh, not BYU <laughs> SMU and. San Diego State might be on their way to the Pac-12. Klyavkov is reportedly meeting with SMU officials today about joining the Conference of Champions. We'll see how that all plays out. Let's get to your favorite segment's favorite segment. status story, next. Crunch the numbers. There's 6,127 students at average, 58% of which are girls. So? So that's 7,107
1: from 32 boobs. <laughs> Break the news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Is it a stat or a story? The evidence based on fact news. Prowess is inadmissible, in case you didn't know. This is Statter Story, a monumental judgment call with Dirt and Sprague on 1080.
0: Come on, don't The Fan. All right, Satter Story time. we got Kevin Pelton coming up, bottom of the hour. People are are texting in about this. Somebody said Fresno State would make more sense than SMU. They've got a better track record in different sports, College World Series, 4.3 million people. Again, I I think it goes back to TV markets, right? that,
2: That market's not good.
0: You're not in that market, and you would argue was already a Pac-12 market. It's already the Northern California TV market. You already have Cal and Stanford, although nobody cares. You're not desperate, I think, for more eyeballs in that area. I think a TV provider would be much more interested in adding the Dallas market. It's all about TV. As yeah, is Dallas, and you need
1: SoCal back.
0: So. Yeah, that's why those two are going to make the most sense. What does it mean for you long term? Nobody knows the answer to that, but hopefully it works. What do we got today, swag?
1: as you can imagine, this will be about LeBron. Mm. So we will start with the number five. Is it where LeBron James ranks in 50-point games in NBA history? The number of them. Or is it the number of lucky couples that could win free Cracker Barrel for a year if they upload a video of their proposal in a Cracker Barrel restaurant this week? <laughs> wow.
0: I love bad proposal videos. They crack me up. There was one where a group was, uh, somebody proposed on an 18th green after playing slow all day. And it was like a planned thing. A husband, you know, a man and woman got down on the knee and proposed on the 18th green. And the group behind them, they just took the video like standing in the fairway. Like, are you kidding me? And all the family came out from the clubhouse because they knew what was going to happen. And they had this like celebration.
1: I'm hitting it. I was like,
0: you got to hit. Like, how long do you give him? I give you like three minutes. Okay, clear the green. Now I'm firing a three wood into your ass. I know both of you enough to say you're both cowards. You would not actually do that in that moment. Uh, I'm going to say that this is a story. And shame on anybody that participates in that contest. You're going to get your cafeteria southern food. And you're going to ask your significant other to marry you. Okay. For a year of that food. Okay. Uh, I feel he's had a lot of 50-point games. Fifth all-time, though. I this tend is, to uh,
1: these records are regular season. Regular season, yeah.
0: I tend to agree with you. I'm going to go story.
1: Uh, It is a story, yes. LeBron James ranks 6th and that he is tied with the, uh, Damian Lillard and Rick Berry with 14. Okay. Uh, Wilt 118. He <laughs> averaged 51 season. We'll
0: talk about records that will never be broken. Michael
1: Jordan with 31. Kobe with 25. James Harden has 23. Elgin Baylor has 17.
0: 118 to Michael's 31. Yeah. A bit of a gap from 1 to 2.
1: But number 2, the GOAT. Now Wilt's not the
0: GOAT. Come on. <laughs> Wilt's not the GOAT. Give me a break. W-
1: Wilt's the GOAT for other reasons.
0: <laughs> the era of basketball for a lot of people, I think started in 1990, and then yeah, it's just from that point on. You see what Isaiah Thomas argued on a podcast? He said the bad boy Pistons were what made the NBA take off. He said, he said Magic and Larry helped rebuild it, but you know what the highest rated games of the late 80s were? Celtics Pistons, Lakers Pistons, Bulls Pistons. Can you believe the new owner of the Suns came in amid a sexual harassment? Scandal and his decision was
1: to hire Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who's advising him, wow. but that quick I think that quickly got shut down. He's he's already wow. backed off of there. Uh, no, this is uh at crackerbarrel.com. Uh Valentine's Day, Cracker Barrel Old Country Store will award five lucky couples who pop the question at any of their locations nationwide with free cracker barrel for a year. So between February 10 and 16, upload your video. You need to include a brief description uh, in the post of why they chose to propose at Cracker Barrel, which I think you need to explain that. Yeah, I want an answer. And then uh, include the hashtag uh, pound I said yes at Cracker Barrel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've never eaten at a Cracker Barrel. Uh, my I family did, and it was just one time I couldn't. I, like, individually had to go do something, so they all went. And when I came back, I said, how
1: was it? And they were like, man, I mean? saw they opened one semi-recently kind of, yeah. on Canyon, right there off 217. Yeah, Dude, that's so, not recent. That was, like, five, six <laughs> years ago. blur, uh, But, you know,
0: there's one there, and alert. then there's one right up by the Capellas in
1: in the Tiger Oh yeah. And I'm like, why would you yep. have two that close together? No, that's in Tualatin. Tualatin, thank you. Yeah, Yeah, right off high five. Your next number is four. Is it where LeBron James now ranks on the NBA's all-time assist leaders after moving past Mark Jackson and Steve Nash last week? Or is it the age of a Michigan man's son who racked up over $1,000 of food orders on Grubhub after grabbing his dad's phone? I believe I know this,
0: actually. I know both of these. I believe he's fifth, and he passed Nash and Jackson, who were six and five, and he was seventh. And I believe I saw that story... And I believe that kid was four, so I'm I'm gonna ride with my gut here, okay? But I'm not confident, but I'm riding with it. I'm gonna say story here. Bob. I felt like we just talked about this, and I I have the memory of a goldfish, so take this with a grain of salt. I feel like we talked about him getting to fourth all time on the assist list. So I'm gonna go. Was it fourth?
1: I'm gonna go stat. Okay. It is a stat. Okay. I know You're he's wrong. top five. You're wrong on both, both counts. Uh, <laughs> Stockton. Wait, is Wait, I got leader. something wrong, and I'm wrong. Duh. Uh, Kidd is second. Jesus. Chris Paul is third. LeBron James now fourth. Ten thousand three hundred fifty-four assists. Not Nash not the, is fifth. Not the, not the Mark uh, Jackson uh, sixth. Magic Johnson now seventh. We don't ca- get we don't,
0: top three. Come on.
1: That's if you, you want to be the goat. goat conversation. Get into the
0: top three. Where's Michael Jordan?
1: Uh, I mean, come on. It doesn't matter. Six know. and 0 bro. <laughs> Got me. Uh, this is from our friends at the Huffington Post. Uh, Keith Stonehouse let his 6-year-old son Mason grab his cell phone. Uh, thought he was going to let him play just a little game on there as uh, he was uh, stuck there with dad duty while mom was away at the movies. He had ordered something on Grubhub beforehand and forgot to close the app. Oh, no. And no. about 45 minutes later. All sorts of food started showing up at the uh, at the front door. What would four year old you or whatever how old you
0: order on Grubhub if you could? Uh, oh man, what did the order? I mean, would it just been fast food? Like probably would have been pizza, McDonald's, a yeah, thousand Pizza Hut pizzas and yeah, happy meals like yes. that. Actually, yeah, Pizza Hut. So yeah,
1: out in the Detroit area, home. So uh, they started hitting things. Uh, let's see, what did he get? Uh, Happy's Pizza was part
0: of it. Michael Jordan is 50th all time in NBA. Yeah, you know who's ahead of him? Chauncey Billups. <laughs> Damn right he is. It's the goat, baby. So Fisty is Kareem. Though. Kareem had more assists than Michael. So did Kobe. Yeah. So did Clyde. Goat. So, yeah, the, his Dunphy. credit card.
1: So I guess his credit card started uh, sending him some fraud alerts. There was a $439 order to Happy's Pizza. What? But, How do you order
0: that much pizza? But a
1: $183 order of Jumbo Shrimp went through and arrived at the family's oh, house. No. Uh, so, yeah. So the family said, yeah, he's, uh, he's a pretty smart cookie. Uh, He started reading when he was two and a half years old. He's not your average six year old. Uh, And so, but they uh, drove the point home. They got into his piggy bank. And. uh, Took out the 115 bucks that was in his piggy bank from birthdays and stuff. For this. So they've, they've the worked thing. up a thing to yep. uh, start to uh, pay back dad <laughs> yep. for it.
0: I would have done the exact same thing. It blows me away how good kids are with technology. Yeah, like my niece will do something on an iPhone that I don't even know how to do. <laughs> she like knows how to press something to like change the screen from the like they edit your home screen and like put emojis or different pictures on there. I'm like, how do you bring that up? I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> I know none of this.
1: All right, your final number is 10. 10. Is it the number of players that have played at least 20 seasons in the NBA? Oh. Or is it the number of cups of Black Jaguar Geisha coffee that will be sold at the Proud Mary Cafe on Alberta Street at $150 per cup?
0: Wow. Okay, I need more info on that. Uh, I'm going to say stat here. Um, I'm not going to try to wrangle it off because we got Kevin Town. So I'm going to guess stat. Yeah, I'm going to go
1: story. That seems like a good number for you. Has 10 done that? I don't, t- 10, it? I don't it know. It is a, a stat. Lot. 10 guys did it. Uh, huh? Vince Carter at 22 seasons. Robert Parrish. Yep. Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, and Kevin Willis. Yeah. All played 21 seasons. Derek Coleman's got Garnett be on that getting <laughs> 20? That surprises me. I don't know why I wouldn't have guessed And Garnett. then Kareem Kobe, Jamal Crawford, Udonis Haslam, and yeah, LeBron yeah, James have all played 20. Yeah, Garnett was here in like 95. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Got he in at 95. Little, yeah. Uh, but no, this is uh, from the Oregonian, Oregon Live. Uh, starting this week. Uh, the what was the name Proud Mary Cafe on Alberta Street featuring a $150 cup of coffee. Uh, so the beans uh, are called Black Jaguar Geisha from the Hartman Estate in Panama. Uh, that was recently one like the most prestigious coffee competition in the world okay uh, best of the pan best of Panama the most prestigious coffee competition in the world uh, they bought enough beans for 22 cups they have two stores so at this one in Portland uh, there will be 11 cups available um, yeah you can buy a, what do you have to do there's one golden ticket so you have to pre-sale an order of 10 of the new geisha from the Hartman Estate. That's 34 bucks a pound, basically.
0: I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that there is no chance that coffee is worth $150.
1: No, it's going to taste
0: like coffee. So have fun lying to yourself as you drink and go, this is actually different. No, you just paid $150 and you're trying to... You know, make it sound like it was worth it. It's gonna taste like coffee. Yeah, they paid two thousand dollars for
1: one pound of beans. For
0: one pound of beans, hey, wow. I, they're gonna sell it out, and I'll ha- I'm will, happy yeah. for that local business. But Good. I just want to let you know, never spend. $100 yeah, let us know, know
1: if you were one of the people that paid one hundred and fifty bucks for an eight ounce cup of coffee. We'd like to know was it a. Uh you know, how un-coffee-like was it, a, like, mined, was it coffee? Uh, a life-changing experience for It you. better be ayahuasca
0: or ayahuasca, whatever. Yeah. They call That's what I want for $150. Somebody said, you know, Swag's over 50 when he reads hashtag pound. That's a great way to end this segment. That is such a good point. <laughs> well done. He good said one. pound like he was on a rotary <laughs> phone. Hit That's the a pound, pound button. button. Is it a pound or a star? What do I do to end this call? Uh, Our <laughs> boss said yesterday in a meeting, I need you to post something on Instagram and Facebook. And he goes, I, I don't know how to use those things. <laughs> I'm not on it. I'm not on the gram. I don't. He's not on the gram. He's off the grid, is what he is. He's yeah, he off the is. grid. All right, let's get to Kevin Pelton. The trade deadline is tomorrow. ESPN NBA writer Kevin Pelton. He'll hop on next. Give us his insight on what's going to take place. Everything else going on in the association. All right, welcome back in 8:32 here on a Wednesday. Big news last night in the NBA. Obviously, LeBron becoming the all-time leading scorer. The trade deadline is tomorrow, and we thought, hey, let's bring on a good friend of the show, Kevin Pelton. We haven't talked to him in a while. ESPN NBA writer, at K Pelton on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Uh, Kevin, thanks for hopping back on the show, man. We always enjoy chatting with you. I want to get to the deadline in a moment, but I mean, let's get to, the obviously, the big story of the night was what happened in Los Angeles last night, what LeBron was able to do. Just You've been around the league a long time, covered the NBA a long time. What was your reaction, and what emotions were going through your mind watching history be made in the association?
2: Yeah, it was a special night. I mean, the start of my career pretty much lined up exactly with the start of LeBron's. I mean, I covered his his first visit to, to Seattle as an intern working for the, uh, the Sonics organization, and now, you know, uh, you know, some twenty years later mm-hmm. to see where I am in my career and, and obviously what LeBron has done. I mean, the the remarkable thing about it that stands out the most when I kind of reflect on LeBron's career is just, you know, there was so much hype dating back to his days in high school and ESPN televising games and all all of that, the cover of Sports Illustrated. And for LeBron to not just meet that hype, but even exceed it is is really a remarkable testament to to what he's done.
0: Is there anything you hate more than goat conversations?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I've been involved in, in writing my share of articles on it, so I think, I think the other people might hate me for, for wandering into it. <laughs> well,
0: I just I, – I ask you that, Kevin, because, like, I, I loved Michael Jordan. I love LeBron James. I love Tim Duncan. And right now I love Giannis. And I think sometimes we talk about how great an athlete is. It's instant, like, oh, you're encroaching on my favorite player's territory. And I wonder if how many fans just – don't allow themselves to enjoy generationally great athletes because they're so entrenched on defending the one athlete they love the most.
2: I I think that's a good way to think about it. And yeah, to to me it should never be about putting down any of these players to it's also there's different dimensions of the conversation. I think that's something that I like to write about that gets lost is, you know, GOAT can mean who reached the highest peak, who was the best player I've ever seen. And yeah, I mean, like a lot of people who grew up in the nineties, like the level of invincibility that Michael Jordan enjoyed during that decade. I, I don't know that LeBron has ever gotten there as a player, but you know, the other dimension of it, LeBron sort of alluded to this post game I saw, you know, it was like if I was a GM or starting a team, I, I would pick myself number one. And, you know, that makes sense from the standpoint of, you know, you take a player's entire career for LeBron to be doing what he is now and still, you know, an all NBA type player at age 38, and have the years on the front end that that Jordan didn't have because obviously he had to go play college, the missing years in the middle. Uh, I I think it's become extremely difficult to deny the idea that LeBron has had the kind of the best career start to finish in NBA history.
0: Yeah, we're talking with Kevin Pelton, ESPN NBA writer at K Pelton on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Let, let's get to the deadline. I mean, it's looming tomorrow. We are eagerly awaiting any kind of news here in Portland that hopefully uh, will make fans happy. I'm just, wh- where do you think this deadline is heading? We obviously had the big Kyrie Irving deal that happened over the weekend. It, it, do, do you sense fireworks? Do you sense big deals? It feels like there's a, a lot of buyers and not a lot of sellers right now just what are you hearing about the trade deadline and how does portland fit into it
2: so i feel like famous last words is someone who writes about all these trades and does the trade grades on espn is oh it's going to be a quiet deadline and then (laughs) you know you look up at noon pacific time and you're like well there's 12 trades that just happened and three of them are you know blockbusters that we didn't expect i mean i i'd be surprised if we saw you know more all stars change. Well, I guess Fred VanVleet falls into that category. So, you know, guys who guys who made this year's All Star team at least change teams. Something of that kind of blockbuster magnitude. But I, I do think we'll probably you know see some several deals involving starters happen with Toronto potentially at the center of you know the majority of those, and then then a lot of you know kind of smaller the second tier moves that relate to the cap or, or the typical players on expiring contracts. And, and that's where you know I think probably Portland is most likely at this point to slot in if something happens with Josh Hart.
0: You know, we talked to your colleague, Bobby Marks, and he had said something about the young guys, how they're balancing this, you know, young wave of talent with Ant, with Shaden versus Dame's timeline and how it's not matching up. And it's probably part of the reason Portland is where they are. What does Kevin Pelton think? What should the Blazers do? Like if you were to play general manager with it, how do you view what Portland is right now versus like what they want to be and how they get to that spot?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's tough because it's, you know, sort of the same challenges that – not necessarily that timeline element, but the rest of them have plagued them for a period of time. I mean, the perimeter group is is still smaller. I I think than you'd like when you're talking about starting someone who's six foot five at small forward, even though Josh Hart, you know, plays bigger than his size and is such a force on the glass. And then, but you, you can't sort of sacrifice shooting in the pursuit of that because of the fact that you need to keep the floor space for, for Damian Lillard and the way that this team operates offensively. So, you know, I, I mean, I think I think you have to sort of kick the tires on everything, if it even if it involves, you know, including an Anthony Simons to make a bigger deal with a you know Toronto for OG Anunoby or something like that, but. The other the other challenge is that you're encumbered in sort of the draft picks that you can trade because of the Larry Names Jr. deal. So that's that's why I think you know kind of the bigger move is is pretty unlikely at this point, and we're likely looking at something smaller.
0: I'm curious, Kevin, what your thoughts are on OG and Anubi as a player. I, you know, I don't get a chance to watch Toronto as often. We're, you know, I'm kind of a local basketball viewer. So He's when, not a league pass. I'm guy. I'm not a league Kevin. pass guy. So yeah. when Portland plays Toronto, it's like, hey, this guy looks pretty good. And you look at box scores, but I you know I'm not sitting here watching 37 Toronto Raptors games a year. Um he, he seems to argue if I get a bigger spot I'm I'm capable of doing more. I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not reaching my potential here. I'm just what are your thoughts on him as a player and what his ceiling is?
2: Yeah, I think there's a little bit of similarity to Jeremy Grant in terms of, you know, kind of him not wanting to take a smaller role when he left Detroit. So, you know, OG Anunoby you know, has never had kind of that Detroit opportunity that Grant had to spread his wings and and do more offensively. I don't think OG is quite a, uh, Grant's level is a scorer, you know, the the 20-point-per-game guy, even if he's in another situation. But, uh, you know, certainly in Toronto, not a lot of opportunity to create with the ball in his hands because they've got so many forward types already that can do that with Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam. So right. there might be a little untapped potential there. And then defensively, I think, you know, he would he would immediately be the the best, perimeter defender that the Blazers have had in this era. Who do you think we could get for Nurk? I think that's a tough one right now because of the contract. I mean, it's just, you know, you, three years left beyond this. Uh, the, the market isn't necessarily for looking for a lot of starting centers right now. It, it's more, I think, at that backup level that – teams are or you know really jockeying for a limited number of players so you know i think the the answer is probably you're gonna have to take somebody else's contract that they would like to to move on from
0: Uh, kevin i gotta ask you because i heard you on with 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 low and you guys did the chicago portland trade thing and i don't want to get because there were a million trade ideas thrown out during the pod so i don't want to confuse it (laughs) was yours the one where it was Anton nurk for Caruso and Vucevic, or was that... I, you had one that I liked, and I'm trying to... Was that the one that you had?
2: I, I think maybe you're conflating to it. My, my idea was to do Simons and Hartford, DeRozan and Caruso. That's what it was. The fact that they sort of match up pretty evenly salary-wise, you'd have both of those guys under contract for next year.
0: And you would do that right now if Chicago said, hey, we're open to it, we, we like Ant. we Josh is a good player, we think maybe we'll sign him, keep him around here Caruso, obviously, a good perimeter defender. You would, you, you would do that deal right now if you could? I,
2: I think I probably would in terms of maximizing Dan at prime because obviously DeRozan, you're getting much older in that situation, but he's still playing at an all-star level right now, uh, would give you a second elite shot creator, and then Caruso would, uh, you know, bring a defensive upgrade. He would also fall into that criteria of, you know, I don't know if he'd be the best perimeter defender you've had because he, he's kind of similar to Gary Payton II in that regard, but would give you kind of two dynamos at that end.
0: Well, where's your fear level, Kevin? That, you know, it felt like Portland <clears throat> for a number of years was waiting for this cloud to be lifted, and that was. We we largely knew, despite there were great moments and great memories of Damon CJ playing together, just like we knew there was a limit on what they could accomplish because they're undersized guards that don't play elite level defense, and that's just it's going to be hard to win at the highest level in the NBA that way. We finally get that trade, and you're like, all right, let's move on. Let's see what is next for Portland. It feels like they're doing the same thing to a certain extent, and we've we've gone back and forth on this with fans all season long. Of is it just Damon CJ 2.0? Um, Do do you feel the same way about Anthony Simons? It's just a a similar, do you feel like he's a different player? Is is Portland doing the same thing that they just got out of?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think if the ceiling of it is again, the conference finals run that we saw in 2019, like, Hey, that's a, that's a pretty great situation. So there's still a long ways away from, bumping their heads on that particular ceiling. Uh, I, I mean, I think Shaden Sharp is the guy who kind of defined the ceiling, though, for this year, this group of players. It's how quickly can he get to the level that they hope to, and think that he can get to, and is it will him still in, in this late prime? Mm.
0: Uh, Kevin, I, I wanted to say thank you. I read your latest trade column. I love the trade column, the grading of the trades. You're one of my favorite writers in basketball, and the fact that... I can rely on somebody like you in my life to not betray how I feel. (laughs) Made me feel extraordinary to see a D grade on the Dallas Mavericks taking Kyrie Irving. So thank you for doing that. Not everybody will do that at ESPN. Some people ask out loud, is this a title contender? And I say, my God, how many more years do we need to see of that dude before we conclude what he is not in this league?
2: Yeah, I mean, like I, I get the the best case scenario where Kyrie Irving is the undoubtedly the the most talented teammate that Luka Doncic has played with in the NBA. But yeah, I mean, the, you know, there's a there's a difference between kind of if you had Kyrie's skill set in a vacuum, and then just the results that we've seen and the not being on the court that we've seen over a period of time, and and. You know, taking the most inopportune time to uh, make a trade request from from the Nets.
0: <laughs> uh, last one for you, Kevin. Your money if you have to gamble on it. Uh, Blazers trade Josh Hart, and that's it tomorrow. Is there more? Or you think that's all that's going to happen?
2: I think that's the most likely outcome. Yeah, if I'm if I'm gambling, and you know, I think that's that's the other kind of big challenge for the Blazers this year that's loomed over them is. Are they going to be good enough to convince ownership to pay a big luxury tax bill to re sign both Jeremy Grant and Josh Hart next summer? And I just don't think you can look at it at this point in the season, hanging around 500 you know, just out of the play in race right now and, and have that be a reasonable expectation. So if you don't think you're going to be able to retain Josh Hart this summer, you, you know, it's important to be able to get value for him now. Uh,
0: you know, Kevin, you're you're a big Seattle guy. Um, many people concluding or, you know, feeling like if Portland's going to change ownership, it's going to be sometime after the expansion of the league because she'll want kind of the kickdown from the money of the expansion What is that timeline to you? Like, how many years are we sitting here wondering when Seattle's going to get a basketball team again?
2: So I think it's, it's getting closer. Certainly the way that Adam Silver is talking about it has changed a little bit over the, the past year or so here. I think the two big markers are, number one, got to get this collective bargaining agreement complete, which you know hopefully they will be able to do with this next extension that's coming up that takes us past the trade deadline, but uh, you know continues to indicate they're making progress in the deals. And, and Woj reported that uh, the the hard salary cap is off the table now. That's a good sign, or at least if they're not pushing as hard for it not that it's off the table. And then the national TV deals that come up and probably you'll have conversations about renewing those in this fall. Once that's complete, I think then you understand how much money you're, you're giving up or splitting if you add two more teams to the league. And, and that's when that process starts to get public. So when there's actually an announcement or a finalized deal, I think not until at least 2024, somewhere in there, but, uh, you know, sooner sooner rather than later at mm. this point.
0: There you go. Great stuff. NBA writer for ESPN, friend of the show, Kevin Pelton, Matt K. Pelton on Twitter. Go give him a follow. We always appreciate the time. I know you're probably busy this week with what's going on last night, the trade deadline tomorrow, so we always enjoy it. Uh, thanks, as always, and hopefully we can catch up again soon.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a fun time of year.
0: There you go. Kevin Pelton of ESPN. Trade deadline is tomorrow. Uh, something was announced last night with the Blazers, and is your tinfoil hat on? Plus, the Warriors are in town tonight without Steph Curry. We'll wrap it up there on a Wednesday next on the. Hey, it's my theme song. I ask you this, and in- it's seriously you. Pretty good. I think we're going to need to pull that one there, <laughs> Uh it stood alone. The music's really not that loud. That was great. I'm just a sexy boy. What do you want from me? Nighttime, you and the missus. You're getting ready for uh-huh. bed. You're kind of both feeling this might be the night. Ooh, got a good mood going she's in she's in the bedroom and the lights are dimmed or off and that song starts playing just a sexy boy sexy what boy. how does she react to you <laughs> she would just start laughing my wife would laugh at me too just like, start laughing Turn that off. what are you doing you idiot <laughs> i'd even want to come in with a lever or the leather uh vest yeah you gotta have a vest <laughs> i kind of want a wrong. belt over my shoulder you know give me a belt i want a title belt I've i always kick liked it. Like open having, the doors to the bedroom. In college I had a title belt. <laughs> Did you? We went to Fred Meyer and I bought it for like twenty-five dollars and I wore it around campus for like a week. <laughs> we need more belts in life. We do. We need more tro instead of tro we need to get rid of all metals. Nobody wants a medal. Metals yeah. are dumb. Nobody wears metals. Belts are way cooler. If I gave the Olympics you, should go to a gold belt, a silver belt, and a bronze belt. It'd be pretty badass because you can't beat putting the belt on the shoulder. Walking out of the arena. Man, with it around your waist. If I could give you the option as a championship winning athlete, would you rather have a championship ring or a championship belt? I think I still go ring over belt. Really? But a slight, just slight, slight ring over belt. Imagine walking into a room though with it on your shoulder. <laughs> There's know, not so a better cool. entrance than it's... when you're doing that. I think I think that my pecking order would be trophy number one, ring number two, belt number three metal, distant, distant, distant number four. Yeah, the medals. I mean, like I get medals from hood to coast. <laughs> I do that journey for the team thing because sure. it's, it's a fun experience. The medals largely are just whatever. How oh, cool would it be if you got a belt out of that thing? It'd be pretty badass. And I, I usually, in my mind, I give The Rock a lot of credit for doing the belt on the shoulder thing. but Stone Cold. I think Stone Cold did it, and then I bet it was even done... Well before them as I'm sure, well. I'm sure it was, man. I'm sure it was. It's a good look, though. We asked, is LeBron James a Laker icon on Twitter? 78% of you so far saying no. He's just, <laughs> he's just an icon. He's not a Laker icon. Yes, and, and I, I, think I think that's the right answer. He's a Cleveland Cavalier icon, um, but not a Laker icon. So there you go. Uh, last night it was announced out of nowhere. While all this stuff was going on, I can't remember if it was during the game, after the game, I see a tweet from Shams, "Shayden Sharp not participating in the dunk contest anymore. This was a note, a random note from Casey Holdall's podcast, and I went, what? Huh? 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 What? And uh, I think we all kind of put our tinfoil hats on here a little bit, a little bit. I mean, it just it, the the report was he wants to focus on the second half of the season, which okay. Mm, I don't know if he has a dunk. I think that's the problem here. <laughs> he can't come up with a good dunk. That's the issue. Well, I mean, I mean, my, my mind did kind of go to: Is there something going on here? Because that was you don't often see guys unless they're injured drop out of a competition. Well, Kyle Lowry has been sitting out for the Heat, and they're calling it knee soreness. And everybody's like, mm, "Who are they trying to trade, Kyle Lowry? Who do they not want to play right now, Kyle Lowry?" Right. I there's a part of me that went there. I went to the Shaden, is Shaden involved in a trade? Because what if I told you they kept Ant and traded Shaden right now for OG? I would. The only counter-question I would have to that is, it, would there be a bigger deal that you can make with Shaden and Ant together? And and does losing Shaden take you out of the sweepstakes of a Kevin Durant? And I know that's a stupid pipe dream Blazer fandom telling me a chance thing. But yeah. if there's any semblance of a hope that you could get a player of that caliber, uh, then I don't do that trade for OG. If there's not, then I'd I do that I, in a heartbeat. But I think you'd... Okay, so one, I would say no. Kevin <laughs> Durant does not want to come to Portland. Well, you Two, don't know that. You don't know that, Brandon. Counting on what may or may not exist in the summer... While at the same time losing a player like OG, you have to take that in consideration if you're a Joe Cronin. So you're there, like, we're going for this now, and OG, Dame, Ant, Jeremy Grant, we'll move Nurk eventually, get somebody better, a rim running big. You might have to operate that way. I don't think you can sit back and just go, well, the summertime's going to provide opportunity. OG can go to Memphis, New Orleans, and you lose you the opportunity to get a 6'8 six, six, guy. Very fair. They're playing the Warriors tonight. No staff favored by two and a half. Oh, I'm uh, hammering the Blazers. Hammering the Blazers Warriors tonight. Warriors are a terrible road team. But Clay okay. is hot. He is hot. They're 7-20 on the road this year. They're terrible. Yeah, Clay just had, what, his 12 threes the other night? That's pretty badass. Well, there you go. Good little show. If you miss it, go check the podcast. 1080thefan.com. After it Reagan at at 10 1080 the fan. Somebody said they'd rather have a championship crown. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. A crown? It's a crown? pretty unique one. Yeah. Rock the crown? That'd be uh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh Kevin Pelton joined the show. He was awesome. Ricky Williams joined the show. He was awesome. We'll podcast those as soon as we are done. We'll obviously dive more into the NBA trade deadline, which is tomorrow. What does Portland do? Hopefully something during the show. And uh, obviously we're two days away or three days away from the Super Bowl. So more on the Super Bowl tomorrow as well. Thanks for being a part of our Wednesday, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Colin is next. You're listening to 1080 The Fan.